Welcome back to another beautiful Sunday afternoon at the Rainy Day Horse Show with your favorite and, you know, the best podcast host in the world, me, Dusty McBalls, the certified cougar hunter and the man with the biggest set of testicles, okay? So, I know on today's episode we were going to do the Berwyn, Brywin, whatever it is, rehab center, looked into it. Wasn't that interesting, okay? Didn't really want to do it. It was just, I don't, I didn't like it, and I didn't think you guys would like it. So, I completely did something else on the fly, and for today's episode, we are actually doing, you know, a few really interesting, um, like, true crime murders that happened in the state of Minnesota. Shout out to Minnesota because, you know, that's where I'm from. That's where I live right now. So that's what we're going to do, okay? I'm going to give you guys two stories, all right? The first story is about Chelsea Martinez where she, that one's, you know, they're both, these both these stories are a little graphic and a little dark. So this one is, Chelsea Martinez is, a weird one. It's really dark. This one's just bad happened. It deals with mental health and a bunch of, you know, other sad things. And then the other one is about a guy named Troy Mittness. The dude that I know a few, like a month ago, I told you about this guy that I worked with that killed his mom and dismembered her and spread her along the highway. Well, I'm doing his story also. So we got that all figured out now. Um, before we jump into these stories, get those Crocs on. Okay. You know, it's adventure mode. It's adventure day, so strap those bitches on because it's adventure time, all right? Shout out Finn and Jake, okay? And make sure that you guys get a drink, get a snack, get something, you know? It's going to be a wild one today, all right? And I don't want you guys, you know, being parched or hungry, okay? Nobody wants to be parched or hungry, so go get something, all right? Now, without further ado, let's get into the first story of today, and it is on Chelsea Martinez. So, Chelsea Martinez was born in Columbus, Ohio on March 4th, 1989, and at a young age, Chelsea suffered from bipolar disorder, which she was actually diagnosed with, okay? And I say actually diagnosed with because I know a lot of people, you know, they're going to the hood doctor and they're self-diagnosing themselves with certain things, okay? This is not one of those, you know, cases. She was actually diagnosed with bipolar disorder because for some fucking reason, people think it's cool to have mental health issues and it's not. It's a serious, you know, issue, okay? So... This was not one of those cases. She didn't self-diagnose herself. She was actually diagnosed with bipolar disorder by a doctor. Okay? And if you guys, you know, don't know what bipolar is, for, you know, some of you normal people out there, bipolar disorder is a disorder. I don't want to say disease because it's not really a disease, but it's, I don't know. I guess it's just disorder, but disorder doesn't, I don't know, it just, we'll say disorder, but disorder doesn't feel right either, it's just a weird chemical makeup in the brain, okay, that is genetically, you know, in people, 
And this disorder gives people episodes and mood swings that can range from like really depressive like lows or really manic highs. And when somebody is in these lows, they are in a low low, like they are doing bad, okay? And when they're in these highs, it can, you know, they're loving the world and these things flip-flop back and forth, okay, for people that are diagnosed with bipolar. Now, doctors don't know what officially causes bipolar, but they do suspect that it could either be genetics or environment-related. Now, according to her mom, to Chelsea's mom, Elizabeth Smuck would say one minute she'd be really, really happy, and then in a blink of an eye, she'd be very depressed and would cry herself to sleep. So, to balance, you know, out these wandering emotions, as a child, Chelsea would start journaling her feelings every single day and every single night. But other, you know, from what I researched, other than, you know, having these bipolar episodes, she pretty much had a normal childhood. Like, I couldn't find that she, you know, was abused or her home life was shitty. Like, she was, you know, a pretty normal kid growing up. But as she progressed and turned into this beautiful young woman, her life would not only get better, but would also get graphic, terrifying, and extremely bloody. So, let's, you know, let's start with the good stuff first, okay? Now, one day, she met this lovely man, her future husband, named Oscar Martinez, who she fell in love with, and the man that she would marry. Now, after they got married... Oscar would do this signature move. He would do his signature move in the bedroom, okay? He would impregnate Chelsea using his fucking sex move called the Rex Rocket. Shout out to Brickleberry. Now, after the Rex Rocket was performed three times on three separate occasions, Chelsea got pregnant and gave birth to three beautiful little babies. Enrique, Chase, and Amy. Now, that's how powerful that move is, okay? I've used it a couple times in the bedroom, the Rex Rocket. <sighs> Nobody stands a chance when you use the Rex Rocket. Everybody gets pregnant from the Rex Rocket. That's how powerful it is, okay? It just gets the the giblets going, I guess, and it just it just works, okay? So if you're looking like if you know... If you and your wife are having like, you know, can't get pregnant, can't have kids, stuff like that, try out the Rex Rocket. And I guarantee you, she will be popping out babies like it's, I don't know, 4th of July and fireworks are just blowing off in the sky. That's what it's going to be like, okay? So, just try the Rex Rocket and then thank me later. Trust me. It'll work out, okay? Now... Chelsea loved, like, adored and protected these kids, like, with all of her heart, and she would try to make them, you know, happy and safe. She would do, you know, 
whatever she could to make them happy and safe because she was a great fucking mom. But as life goes on, we all know that nothing gold can stay. And as Chelsea's manic episodes got worse, so did her marriage, and her marriage also started to fail. Now, Chelsea hated taking medication for her bipolar disorder because it made her feel like a zombie and emotionless. Okay? I second, like, I agree with her on this one. Okay? Listen, I have ADHD. I've taken Ritalin. I've taken Adderall. I've taken basically most of these fucking ADHD meds. It's not fun. Okay? It really, really isn't. It is the worst fucking thing because it does make you feel like a zombie. Like, I would go to school. Like, I stopped taking them in high school because I just fucking hated them. And I would go to school. And I would just sit there at my desk by myself. Not talk to my friends. Not talk to my teachers. Wouldn't raise my hand in class. I would just sit there and just do my work quiet. I'd put my headphones in and just... Like, people thought, like, I was... Like, my friends would be like, why? You seem, like, depressed. Like, what's going on? Like, you don't seem yourself. And that's what this stuff does. That's what ADHD medicine has done for me. And now I see that, you know... According to Chelsea, bipolar medicine also does that for people that are diagnosed with bipolar. So I feel where she's coming from and the hatred towards medicine for those kinds of disorders. It is not fun. It's really, really awful. And I hated it. And Chelsea hated it. I mean, you can take ADHD medicine, you know. It might work for you, but like for me, it didn't work. So that's just my two cents. I hated taking medicine for my ADHD, okay? But I'm just one person, right? You know, there are plenty of people out there that take medicine for it and they can function completely fine. But for me, no. I could not fucking do it, right? So, since she wasn't taking her medicine, her hubby, Oscar, and her kids noticed how progressively worse she was getting. So Oscar tried to, you know, talk to her about medicine. And he suggested that she should take it because of her, like, her mood swings and everything is kind of getting out of control. And it's just, you know, it's upsetting the kids and it's making the kids scared. And like, you know, not like scared in the sense like, oh my God, I'm terrified of my mom. But, like, scared in the sense of, like, why is mom so sad? Like, scared for her. Like, they didn't want anything bad to happen to her. And as he explained this to her, she took it, you know, kind of the wrong way. And she interpreted it as, like, Oscar saying she was a bad mom, which she wasn't. She did everything for her kids. And now that, you know, she was getting these really, really bad mood swings, that wasn't really the only bad thing that was also going on in their lives at this time. Because at this, you know, this very rough moment and hard time in the Martinez family got a lot worse because Oscar 
also lost his job, he had to end up working at McDonald's, which for you fast food workers out there, there's nothing wrong with working at McDonald's, okay, or anything like that, all right? You got to make your money somehow and you got to, you know, it just is how it is. So I don't, I don't want anybody, you know, in this story, it makes Oscar feel ashamed to work at McDonald's. It's not. It's not shameful, okay? You got to make your money, and sometimes you got to do things that you don't like. And if you don't like working in the fast food, like, I'm just trying to say, there's nothing wrong with working at a fast food place. You're making your money, and you're trying to do a living, right? Fuck anybody else that tells you otherwise, okay? Because you are making your money, and... <coughs> Sorry, just coughed. <coughs> and on top of that, you're probably making more money doing working at McDonald's or Burger King than a lot of people. Like, they're up. Last time I checked, when they first started raising the fucking um, minimum wage, everybody in the fast food industry was making like 15 bucks an hour, and that's what really kicked it up. So, like... I would assume that it's now up to like 20, like 20, 25. Like y'all are making good money doing what you're doing, okay? So don't ever think, you know, that it's embarrassing or whatever because it's not. You're making your own fucking money. You're living your own life, right? People don't know what you're going through, okay? So just don't be embarrassed. I don't want anybody to be embarrassed because of their job, okay? Fast food workers, they have a lot of my respect because they have to deal with really annoying people and just rude and people that think that fast food workers are the scum of the earth, which is not true. You guys are not the scum of the earth, all right? Just wanted to let you guys know that I support you and I understand how, you know, painful to do a job like painfully it is to do that job because the assholes that you guys deal with, I could not fucking do it. It would drive me up a wall. It would make me hate people more and more if I fucking had to do that. So while he was working at McDonald's and, you know, not really having to deal with, you know, Chelsea's manic episodes, but you know, it, worrying about her and her episodes that she was going through on top of all that they also had extreme financial problems and this was forcing oscar to work really long hours keeping him away from his family and forcing chelsea to you know stay home and take care of the kids which was difficult like yes she loved her kids but you know Kids can be little shits and like it's mentally straining. So it was very, very hard on her to take care of the kids while also battling her own mental demons. Okay. And what she basically did to cope with everything going on in her life, this extreme hardship that she was dealing with, she turned to the internet. And she turned to this specific website where you could vent to strangers and just random people that were willing to listen. 
And since Oscar and her were, you know, drifting apart, you know, every single day, they were just getting farther and farther apart. She felt like she couldn't really talk to him. So she ended up coming across this website called The Experience Project. And on this website, you can basically anonymously post things about yourself and your life. Now, this website doesn't exist anymore. I didn't look it up, but I'm just going off the article that I helped that helped me research this. And from what I basically kind of got from it was it is similar to Reddit, but they just don't have the forum part that Reddit has. And this website that she was on is where she would meet her future killer, Minnesota native Jason Nisbet. Now, the 39-year-old Faribault, Minnesota man was a very active member on this website under the username Dark Rider. Yeah, baby! (laughs) All right. Now, Jason was married to a what? He He was not married to a wife. He had a wife. And her name was Gina. And Jason had some pretty dark fantasies that he kept hidden from his wife and his family. He loved going on the internet and he loved playing video games. Father, do you ever wonder if you're doing the right thing? No. Okay. Which, you know, is nothing alarming, right? Except for the fact that when he was on the internet, he would watch hardcore porn and had a weird interest in cannibalism. Now, according to Jason and Chelsea's family, Chelsea at the time was very suicidal when she met Jason. And once they started talking and exchanging messages, they eventually started sharing their deep and dark secrets. Chelsea at one point wanted to be put out of her misery and Jason also said allegedly at one point that he wanted to try cannibalism. So they made a contract, not a literal, not a literal one, but you know, a verbal one where Jason would kill Chelsea and eat her body. So on August 1st, 2015, Chelsea made the 11-hour drive from Columbus, Ohio to Faribault, Minnesota to meet up with Jason. Now, Chelsea basically left without a trace. The only real, like, thing that she did was she told her husband that she was going to go out and see some friends. But she also left a very sad and, like, disturbing post on her Facebook page saying and I quote this is my last Facebook status I'm just not strong enough to continue on in this life and I've left to take cyanide and relieve the pain and suffering by the time you read this I will have already taken it I'm sorry for any pain I'm causing you all. Just know that I love you and this is no one's fault. I was traumatized 
by the institutions and I know now that I can never truly escape them. My only regret is leaving my kids behind, but they have a support system and more love than I could ever hope to offer them. I'm going to a better place. Don't be sad for me. Goodbye. Now, according to Jason, they met up at a hotel in Faribault, Minnesota, where they discussed how they were going to end Chelsea's life. Chelsea allegedly told Jason to strangle her and then slit her throat. And once, you know, she's dead, she was going to allegedly be consumed by Jason. So, the next day, Jason and Chelsea both got in their cars and drove separately to Shagger Park. Then, once they arrived at the park, they left their cars and started walking for roughly around like 10-15 minutes until they came to, you know, the murder spot. And this spot was a wooded area and it was right next to like a ravine where Jason could wash her blood off of him after he, you know, ate her. So, once they arrived at the spot, Jason strangled her with like parachute cord and then he slit her throat with the six inch blade and right about the time, well, not about the time, but right as he was about to like eat her, he kind of got psyched out and he didn't want to do it anymore. So what he did was he just drug her body close to the ravine where he dug a hole and buried her. Now Chelsea was killed on August 2nd and on the following day, August 3rd, her body was found by, by a Rice County deputy officer. And after he spotted her car at the park with the keys in the ignition. So once he, you know, walked up to the car, started looking at it, he ran the license plate and was like, this is weird. This car is coming back as a missing persons case. So the investigators, you know, did a little digging. And what they found was that Chelsea was reported missing on August 1st by her sister. And as investigators, you know, dug a little more, they came across her Facebook where they saw the message and found out that she was suicidal. They also came across, you know, her conversation with Jason where, you know, they saw the whole thing about like, hey, come here so I can kill you, stuff like that. They eventually brought him in for questioning and he, you know, after being questioned for a little bit, gave in and, you know, admitted everything. And Jason told them where her body was buried and they found her and Jason was charged with second degree murder and was sent to prison for 42 years i believe it was 42 years for killing the 26 year old columbus ohio native chelsea martinez which is sad and this brings up a weird this brings up like a weird thing you know cuz like in this situation she's not in the right mind to be like you know kill me you know what I mean? So I could see why they charge him. But like, what if it was in a hospital, right? Where you're sitting there, you're like, you know, it's just painful for you to be alive. Like you're terminally ill. 
you're about to die and you just look at like one of your family members or the doctor and you're just like please kill me this is why i think euthanize it you whoa hold on euthanasia there we go euthanasia should be legal okay because if i was in that spot where i'm on my deathbed and i physically it is so hard for me to live just put me out of my misery right just put me out please i think euthanasia should be legal across you know all the united states if you know if the person is like hey this is just painful like if they can verbally say to you and then write down that give you the okay on like a contract on like a piece of paper like a waiver thing i think it should be totally okay all right but that's just me okay that's just me i also think it's weird that like if somebody's like yeah murder me that they go to jail but i understand why but to me it's just like well they kind of gave you the okay right but then again you have to if you're not in the right mind or you know right place it's different so that's just my whole take on this and if you have you know if you don't feel like living okay just you know if you want to reach out to somebody you guys can always reach out to me all right at the rainy day horror show and just be like hey dusty i'm having a bad day and i'm gonna be like what's going on let's talk all right and you can just vent to me you can tell me about everything whatever's going on in your life and i you know i might not have anything to say but you know what i will be doing i'll be listening and i'll be hearing you well i won't be hearing you but i'll be reading you what you sent to me okay just want to put that out there if you ever feel like that just send me a message be like i'm not doing well and i'll be like what's going on and we can talk about it i don't care how late it is we can talk about it if i'm not asleep i won't be able to hear it when i'm you know sleeping but i'm just saying right you can always talk to me you guys are my viewers i am nothing without you guys okay i would say you're nothing without me but i mean i'm giving you good stories but i don't want to be you know too much of an asshole so just remember, all right, I am nothing without you guys. I love all of you, okay? Now, let's get a little let's get a little bit lighter on the whole situation. Not really, but a little bit, okay? Let's talk about, you know, Troy Mitnes and his whole fucking ordeal. This this one is really crazy, okay? This one is about 56-year-old Troy Mitnes like I said earlier, who murdered and dismembered his mom because she got really suspicious of Troy spending all of her money. And we'll get into that a little bit towards the end of the story, okay? So, as the story takes place, all right, this takes place in Burnsville, literally 10 minutes north of my fucking house, all right? And it takes place in late June of 2023, According to the complaint in late June of 2023, like I said two seconds ago, Burnsville police had investigated reports of mail theft that was allegedly committed by Troy. Now, during this investigation, the police learned that some proceeds from the mail theft were being deposited into a bank account linked to Troy's mom, Sandra. So... The police, being that the police that they are, execute a search warrant. They get the paperwork and everything. 
And in late June, they ended up searching, you know, Troy's house and asked to speak to Troy's mom, where, you know, he made a lie. And he told them first, he initially told them that Sandra was in Millbank, South Dakota. But later on would retract that statement and say that she actually died in Millbank on July 14th. 2022 and during this search warrant they found an obituary for Sandra and you know the the funeral home that allegedly prepared Sandra's body there was a little piece of paper that was attached to it so the cops being you know prime investigators that they are they called the funeral home you know just to make sure that they you know cross their I's and dot their T's. And when they called the funeral home, the people answered and they said that they had no record of Sandra and that they never provided any funeral arrangements. And on top of that, no other family members have seen Sandra because Troy told them that she fell down the stairs and is now in the hospital when this happened a year ago in June. Whoa, I can't speak. When that happened a year ago in June of 2022, this is what he told them, that she fell down the stairs and that she's in the hospital. And when the family members asked if they could go see her, Troy said no because she also has COVID and the doctors aren't allowing visitors. So Troy's making up this whole lie, okay? And you're about to see how, like, this dude had a fake obituary. This is just... He really tried to go the extra mile to make sure nobody would figure this out. And Troy would, you know, after, like, the story progresses and after he told them that, you know, no visitors are allowed, he would also come out and say, like, a couple weeks later that, you know, his mom died in the hospital due to COVID. Now, after Sandra allegedly died... But allegedly, as in he lied, um, Troy was selling her car to a family member. And the family member told police that he was getting rid of it and he was getting rid of it quick and basically cheap. Like, almost gave it away for free cheap. Now, once the family member, you know, bought the car, they, they turned around and flipped it and sold it to another person. Now, after the police were told that the car was sold again, they, you know, did what they did and they tracked down the new owner and they searched the car and what they found was, you know, specific evidence that was helping them in this case. They found in the trunk of the car bloodstains. And so these investigators... After seeing these bloodstains, they obtained another search warrant to search Troy's house. And this time, they brought the right gear to test for DNA evidence. And they found bloodstains on the stairs and in Sandra's bed on the mattress and box spring. So, now that Troy, you know is their main suspect with the fake obituary 
and with all of, you know, Sandra's blood and DNA popping up all over the place, they brought Troy in for more questioning, where he would eventually admit to killing his mom, Sandra. He told the officers that he killed her because he spent all of her money and she was becoming very suspicious of him because he wasn't letting her look at her own bank account to see how much money she had. He also looked up on the internet how to kill an elderly person without poison and he decided to stab her, okay? He used a very big and large, you know, kitchen knife. He also searched up where is the best place to stab someone to make it quick and painless. These nuts. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> now, the complaint states that according to Troy, he killed his mom on June 2nd, 2022 by stabbing her repeatedly in the neck with the large kitchen knife. Then, a couple days later, he decided to dismember her and place her in large tote bins where he then drove from Burnsville to Appleton, Minnesota, discarding her body in the ditches along the highways. He also told police that he left two of his several totes that he used next to a dumpster behind an abandoned rest stop on Highway 7 near Wilmer, Minnesota. And the cops did confirm this because they went to that rest stop and saw those exact totes and they opened them and they saw Sandra's, you know, decomposed body. And then Troy was arrested officially and was charged in the Dakota County District Court on July 10th, 2023 with felony murder in the second degree with intent not premeditated. And now he is facing up to 40 fucking years in prison. Imagine that, right? People fucking baffle me, all right? You didn't have to go murder your fucking mom. That's your mom, dude. You don't mess with moms. They bring you in, and they sure as hell can bring you out, okay? Now, I understand, like, God, that's so bad. Like, stabbing somebody is on, like, a different level. Like, that's a real personal fucking level. Could have just shot her. I mean, I understand you have to deal with the whole loud bang, but still... That's on a whole nother level. And, I mean, poisoning people, that would, that's, that's a, eh, I wouldn't want to poison somebody, because that would be bad, too. That, that, that'd be too painful. But a lot of people, well, I don't know if you guys know this, okay, I'm about to get real dark and real weird for a second. There's this, you know, mobster hitman, he's been arrested, I forgot his name, but I'll do an episode on him, too, because it's really fucking interesting. What he did is he would get, like, cyanide. If you don't know what cyanide is, it's a poison, and it's basically fucking untraceable. It is really, really hard to trace. And you can basically just spray it. Yeah, like, yeah, you can just spray it on somebody's clothing, and it is so powerful that this their skin will soak it up through the clothing just a little bit. 
and it can kill you within a day. And after that, I think it's like, I can't remember if it's untraceable after a couple days or if it's just untraceable, period. But I know it's one of those poisons that is, you know, if you get hit with it, it's basically game over. And yeah, it's just cyanide's real bad. And there was this guy that would kill people with cyanide. He would spray it like he would walk through the park or walk through and he would just spray it on people just to test it out. And he would kill them. It was just, yeah, it's fucking cyanide is no joke. So yeah, those are the two stories. Um, got on a little bit of a tangent there a couple times, but yeah, actually, well, I didn't work with Troy, but allegedly he worked at the metal shop that I was working at and he worked in a different department. I can't remember what department he worked in, but he worked in a different department. And when this occurred, this whole, what was it? July 10th. I think is when he got arrested. When he got arrested and everything and it became public, he allegedly quit two months before, you know, he got arrested. So he was there when I was working there, but I just, I caught the tail end of him. I don't ever remember seeing him or anything like that. But from my coworkers that have been there for years said that he worked there and he quit in like, what was it, July? So in May, he quit in May which is really, really, really trippy to think about, right? But, yeah, that's all I really got for you guys. Um, yesterday, I was not at the state fair, so sorry about that. I completely fucking lied. I thought I was going to go, but I ended up not going. Um, I am plan on going this upcoming Saturday. So if you're there this upcoming Saturday, drop by, say hello. I'm going to be there, hopefully. I haven't been there in two years. I haven't been there, what was it, since probably... Yeah, probably 2019 because the pandemic hit and then I moved to Georgia in 2021 and I was down there. Yeah, so like 2019 was the last time I went. So it'll be interesting. It'll be fun. I'm excited to get, you know, deep fried everything, right? You know, maybe a pickle on a stick. I don't know why, but those fucking things are so good. And the fucking alligator bite place where they sell like, oh, bro, deep fried alligator. So fucking good. It's a little chewy. If you haven't had alligator, it's a little, little chewy, okay? But it's still so fucking good. And a little salty, but it's still really fucking good. I enjoyed that. That was really good. But yeah, I'm psyched for that. That's going to be fucking fun. Um, Yeah, this tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow's Monday. So tomorrow, um, I believe uh, I was on Reality Zars on Friday. And I believe that they... Well, what I was told from Nate is that he's going to release the episode on Monday. So tomorrow. So be on the lookout for that. I'll post it, you know, on my social media at the rainy day horror show. Okay. On Instagram. All right. So that'll be on there. Um, same shit, basically. Oh, what's interesting about that episode is Gabby, my beautiful and lovely girlfriend. She was actually on with me. And we talked about the trail and we got more of her perspective on it. So that was cool. And I really enjoyed that. That was really fun. And speaking of Gabby, in two weeks, she is going to start coming on this show. She is going to be my co-host. Woo! Woo! 
and I'm going to be releasing a fifth episode, right, where we're going to cover, you know, true crime, paranormal cults, you know, maybe cryptids. She's not big into conspiracies. I'm just eh into conspiracies, but maybe we'll touch on a conspiracy or two. I don't know, but she's going to be coming on, and those, those episodes are going to be released on Wednesday, so two weeks from this upcoming Wednesday will be our first episode together. Okay, so be on the lookout for that. It's gonna be really, really fun. Um, and yeah, we just got the you know the normal fucking episodes that we usually do. So I feel like I'm trying to think if I got any more guest appearances that I went on that are coming out soon. I don't think so. I know I'm going on a few more shows that are coming coming up this week. So, but we'll figure it out. Um. But yeah, other than that, my work week was good. My weekend was good. You know, it's Sunday. We're relaxing, we're vibing out, having a little bit of fun. Okay, it's the Lord's Day. And yeah, that's all I really got for you guys. Okay, let's get through this week. Let's come back next Sunday. Because next Sunday is going to be Fritz Harmon. He's a German serial killer, I think. I can't fucking remember. But it is him. So... That'll be fun. It'll be, you know, enjoyable to see, you know, a serial killer from a different country. I think he's a serial killer. I could be completely fucking wrong, but I think he's a serial killer. I have to relook up at the story. This story I saw like months ago. So, I'm going to be doing that. And then, yeah. So, I really got it for you guys. Let's just make it through this week. Oh, my apparel. Okay, if you want your own custom rainy day horror show, you know, sweatshirt, DM me on Instagram. Okay, that's the only way I'm going to be doing it. Um, I treat it like a tattoo. If you ever gotten a tattoo, you probably know what I'm talking about. For people that don't, you go in, you tell the tattoo artist what you want. You let them, you know, use their creative abilities to create a beautiful tattoo and you get it, you know, plastered on you. And they shoot you a price like this is how much it's going to cost. Okay. So I'm taking that attitude towards this sweatshirt in my apparel. Okay. DM me what you want on it. Like what kind of horror related stuff. It doesn't even have to be horror related. Okay. If you wanted a unicorn fucking themed sweatshirt, that's perfect. Okay. It's whatever. All right. Just as long as you want a rainy day horror show sweatshirt. Okay. So DM me like your colorway what you want on it and then i will get all of the materials i will shoot you a price i'll collect payment i'll make it and then i'll ship it out to you okay that's how it's going to work all right so and it's going to be a one of one nobody else is going to have your specific design it's just going to be catered to you it will be a one of one okay this is for you i don't want it to be similar to anything else okay so Keep that in mind. If you want a sweatshirt, like I said earlier, DM me on Instagram, okay? So, that's going to do it for this episode. Remember, stay frosty, stay foxy. Most importantly, the most important thing, or you will end up in one of my episodes, do not, do not test me, you little sexy peacocks, okay? 
Stay safe, alright? I love y'all. Deuces.